The Circle. Produced by Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board. This is tribal sovereignty. It's our children's future. It's what our ancestors and our elders fought for. It's what we continue to fight for today so that our people may live. Welcome to our uh, COVID-19 um, vaccination um, community discussion. We are so excited to be with you today. Uh, we have um, some amazing folks here to answer some questions and give their perspective on the COVID-19 vaccination. And um, we're just really excited that you could all join us. So I will let our panelists introduce themselves. We'll start with um, Mona Zafonte. I am Mona Zafonte, the Winnebago Public Health Administrator. I've worked in Winnebago for um, over 20 years, but uh, 11 years as the Public Health Administrator. And um, I have four children um, and just very excited to be here today. Thank you. Thank you, Mona. Next, we have Jackie Arpan. Um, good morning. Um, what was the question? Had <laughs> to introduce yourself. Yeah, just a okay. <laughs> good morning. Um, I am um, a mother and grandmother. I have um, five adult children and uh, 20 grandchildren and six great-grandchildren, so I'm kind of getting up to on status of, of uh, being um, an elder, and um, I've been a community health educator for 33 years here in Rapid City, and I now um, am working out here in Great Plains with the EOC uh, with the COVID vaccine. So. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, next, uh, Dr. Megan O'Connell. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Dr. Megan Curry O'Connell. I'm a family physician and medical epidemiologist. I work for the CDC Foundation and work with the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board on the COVID response. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. And then next, uh, Nick Hill. Hi, good morning, everyone. I'm the lead epidemiologist and uh, data unit director for the Great Plains Tribal Epidemiology Center here in Rapid City. Uh, I worked for many, many years at the state of South Dakota in the Department of Health as the lead infectious disease epidemiologist and uh, surveillance manager. Uh, but I've been here at the Great Plains Tribal Epi Center since the start of this pandemic, uh, since uh, January of 2020. All right, thank you. All right, so just a little bit on the order of the panel. First, we're gonna have um, each of our panelists answer the same um, question so we can get different perspectives on some of the common questions that we've heard um, from the community. And then we'll move on to um, some individual panelists questions based on each individual's expertise. And then after that, we'll have probably about 15 or so minutes for um, questions from those of you have, who have joined us on Facebook Live. So I am going to hand it over to Kelly. She will be uh, facilitating the panel. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Brenna. Our first question for panelists today is, describe how you felt about the COVID-19 vaccine when it first came out and how did your family feel about it? Uh, Mona, would you be happy to start us off with that? I think like so many, um, we were a little apprehensive, you know, at the very beginning when it first came out, um, but we really did, we started doing our research, of course, as healthcare workers. Um, we knew that, at least for me, I would probably be one of the, the first um, people um, to be vaccinated. Um, but I really just tried to educate myself, but then also educate um, my family. And so I think we've really seen it as like an answer to our prayers. Because, um, I mean, I think all the nation was really praying for, you know, some answers. And, you know, as we believe in the creator that, you know, this was, a, this was our answer. And so we, we talked amongst ourselves. Um, my family uh, doesn't actually live here in Winnebago. 
Um, but I do have, of course, my children. And, um, and so it was just hopeful that, you know, where my family was, that they would still be able to, when it was their turn, be able to get the vaccine. And so um, we just thought that, you know, as soon as we could do it, we, you know, we certainly would um, get that. And so I think there was just um, like the urgency, I think, was there as well in the beginning um, and just, you know, just constantly educating. And, and we had just lost um, a family member. And so I think that was even um, more at the forefront of our, our minds is that, you know, he wasn't able to get that vaccine in December um, when he contracted COVID. And so, you know, what would the outcome be if he was able to do that? Um, so, you know, all those things, I think as a family, we were thinking about. Thank you, Mona. Jackie? Uh, yes, um, COVID, when the COVID first came out, we, we also talked about it and, and uh, was hoping that it wouldn't come to the United States. And, um, but we were talking about all, uh, this vaccine that was coming out. And when it does come to us, where are we going to get it? And as a health care provider, I knew that I was going to get it. And uh, we talked about um, my husband and uh, my son being uh, their immune system was compromised so that they would get it when, when it was available to them. Um, so, but we just always, that always seemed to be the conversation of the day was the COVID and, and um, the precautions and um, talked about where we could go and can't go and um, with funerals and uh, family events. And um, I too have lost a sister to COVID and so, and she wasn't able to, to get the vaccine. She died in November. So um, our family was um, more concerned and more um, getting themselves more ready for this vaccine. So I, I, um, we still talk about it every day, about wash your hands, you know. Um, don't go to Walmart at this certain time because it's crowded and, you know, little things like that. So, uh, yes. Thank you. Megan? Yep. I have a little bit different story with the vaccine because it was my job during COVID and still is my job to pretty much spend all of my time learning about everything that has to do with COVID, including the vaccine, so that I can answer people's questions when they come up. So I got to sit around and read about how the vaccines were developed and go to meetings when people were talking about how the vaccines were developed. And during that process, say a year ago, when they, they were saying we were gonna have vaccines by the end of 2020 or early 2021, I was super skeptical. I was like, this is never going to happen. We've never made a vaccine that fast. How <clears throat> they are, that is never going to happen. And I was totally wrong. I'm so glad I was wrong. I was wrong, wrong, wrong. They, they pulled it together um, for a lot of different reasons. We were able to safely make these vaccines and they're amazing. So when they did come out, I was very excited. I figured I wouldn't have one access to one for a while because although I'm a healthcare worker, I wasn't seeing patients. I was doing public health, um, but I luckily Great Plains um, offered vaccination to all their employees very early on. And I actually drove across the state, across South Dakota in the middle of winter twice um, to get my vaccine. That's how excited I was to have it. I really, really wanted to be protected because I knew they were so important to uh, getting a control, getting this pandemic under control. Um, and so I went from highly skeptical and then I learned a lot um, so I can help other people understand the vaccines and how they work and how they were developed. And I showed up, went out of my way to show up right away to be one of, luckily, the very first people that were able to get vaccines in this country. So I'm very grateful uh, to Great Plains and that I was able to do that. I'm so grateful that I'm vaccinated. Thank you. And Nick, will you finish off this question for us? Yeah, okay. First, how did I feel about COVID vaccine when it first came out? I was very excited. 
I have two perspectives. One is a scientist minded person and one is a father. So um, I had been hearing about this messenger RNA technology 20 years ago and that it was being used to selectively destroy cancer cells. So cancer cells like viruses are, you know, like a 3D mural. They have a unique expressions. And if you can pair that messenger RNA vaccine with that unique expression, you can have your own immune system destroy the cancer without destroying yourself, a form of immunotherapy or personalized medicine to make you well again. And as a cancer survivor, I've been very interested in this and tracking this. So I know there's been 20 years of this research uh, on COVID or on vaccines uh, related to especially cancers, but then just waiting for it to reach infectious diseases. And all that research was going on during that time. Uh, it was first studied 31 years ago, and it was used in a feasibility study in mice, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and published in the Journal of Science. So this has got a long history. And the other reason as a father that I was really excited about this is because I have a type 1 diabetic son, and, you know, he's been that way for 10 years, and we've been, you know, almost kind of promising him, oh, medicine's going to catch up with this someday, and you'll be free of this someday, you know. And um, I, 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 I want to see that possible. And messenger RNA technologies uh, show a way in which you can actually very selectively um, turn um, a, pen of, a beneficial process on, uh, like with your immune system. And with type 1 diabetes and many autoimmune diseases, there is a dysregulation that's occurring there, and you're attacking your own body. And so the idea of using messenger RNA to turn that volume down or just make it a little less um, inflammatory could be really bright for the future of medicine. So I'm really excited about this vaccine. Thank you. And just thank you all four of you for being here again and sharing these unique perspectives as we move through these questions. It's wonderful to get the scope of experiences and, and everything that you've gone through. And so we'll move on to question two for all four panelists. Were you ever scared or hesitant to get the vaccine? Um, and if you can explain your reasons and, and what might have changed your mind on that. And again, we'll start with Mona. Um, let's see. So I think I think at very the very first um, notion that the, the vaccine was ready, um, like I said, we started to educate ourselves because we I think we had those same as everyone did that, wow, this is really fast coming out. Um, what are the side effects? We didn't know anyone that had gotten the vaccine. Um, so I think all of those um, reasons were kind of in the back of your mind, um, or at least the back of my mind. And I think we had, um, as, as everyone did, a tier approach. And so of course, healthcare workers received it first. And so as a health administrator, I could kind of kind of see the list, I guess, of how um, those that were asked and um, what tier we were going to put them in and how that kind of looked. And so I kind of looked at it and I said, oh, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to get it for three weeks, you know. All right. That means that someone else will get it before me and kind of, you know, see what happens. And, and um, well, that didn't happen. So <laughs> we got noticed that our staff was going up um, that day to get the vaccine, the vaccine, um, and that would be back um, that night. And then tomorrow, we would start uh, vaccinating our first um, first set of people. And so, uh, I still was under the impression, oh, okay, well, you know, we have some first responders going. And then um, my supervisor called, and she's like, Mona, you want to be one of the first? And I thought, oh. Well, I guess I don't get to wait now. Um, and I said, yeah, yeah, I will. I was still apprehensive, um, knowing, being a little skeptical and being one of the first because you can't see, you know, what the side effects, you know, on your people, I guess, are. Um, but I know as leaders, you know, we have to step up even when um, you are concerned, but because you want to set a that good example and you have to believe in the science and you have to believe that the creator has um, presented this to you in in that way and in a good way. And so that's all the belief. And so I always give it back to prayer and remember, you know, remember those things. And so 
those were kind of the reasons I changed my mind, not changed my mind. I guess I always knew I was going to get it um, when it was my time. It just, uh, the schedule was ramped up a little bit sooner than I was prepared in my mind. But, you know, I, when it was time, you know, we started off with, with prayer. Um, We started all those discussions. We did everything, you know, as, as our people do, um, with our medicine and, and whatnot, and, and just, um, just proceed from there. So I think that, um, we did everything that we could on that day when, when the vaccine first came to us. And, you know, I think that already set it off in a, in a good way for our people. Thank you, Jackie. Megan, perhaps answer that question, and then we'll come back and get how Jackie responded to the vaccine. Megan, if you can answer that. Sure. Um, as I mentioned before, I was skeptical of the vaccines. Um, I hadn't, like Nick, followed these for, for many years and just wasn't really sure how they could be made that quickly. Um, but because I was able to read about it, I, I understood that process and how Basically, given facing a global pandemic and with recent advances in how vaccines are made, we were able to do this as a, as a global community, everybody around the world to make this vaccine, which is a little different in how we make other vaccines. We usually are not all working on it together, which is what really was happening with the COVID vaccine. Um, so even though I knew that and, and felt excited to get my vaccine, there was a part of my brain that kind of thought, we don't know a lot about these vaccines. They seem to be safe, but they are brand new. So um, who, who knows what's going to happen? And maybe had that little bit of anxiety in, inside me. But I still got my vaccine because I also knew that you know, I wasn't able to live my life normally, that hundreds of thousands of people in the United States were dying or had died, that COVID rates were going up, that my son was um, at school in my garage, uh, not at school with his classmates to try to keep him safe, that, you know, when I was still seeing patients, that how I wished I had a vaccine so that I wouldn't make them sick when I was going into a nursing home, for example, that was one of my biggest fears while I was still seeing patients was that I would infect someone or multiple people in the nursing home, and that that my patient would die because of something I did, because I infected them. Um, So given, you know, my my little bit of ambivalence or uncertainty or anxiety about not knowing a lot about the vaccines um, versus all of those other things that were going on, um, I, I was happy to get it and felt pretty safe in the knowledge that we have lots of vaccines. I've been given lots of vaccines, not only because I've had all the regular ones, but I've gotten more because um, I've traveled. And you know, when you're a physician, you kind of get extras because you never can find your uh, immunization records. So they just give you <laughs> give you some extra doses. Um, and and I've always been fine and so grateful to know that I'm protected against things like um, hepatitis B or hepatitis A or polio. And so it, it kind of, and, and that I've been fine and that those, those vaccines have changed millions of lives. So um, at the end of the day, when it was weighing all those factors for me, it came, it came down to heavily on the side of getting a vaccine, um, taking maybe a little bit of risk, but versus all the other risks and, and negative things that were going on, it was definitely worth it for me because um, I, I want to try to make things better and help people and protect myself and my family. Thank you. Jackie? Can you hear me now? Yes. Sorry to <laughs> skip over you there. Well, sorry. I, I didn't know you unmuted it. So I mean, I muted it. Um, uh, with the vaccine, um, I know that we got an email um, early on before the vaccine came out and we had to um, mark on there that we were going to receive the vaccine. And so just kind of thinking about it. Um, and uh, with my sister dying from COVID, I knew that I was going to get it. So um, 
I really didn't worry about it until I was in line and I was watching everybody uh, getting their vaccine and they didn't seem to be scared. So I took my turn and when I got there, I just ready to get my vaccine. I asked her to wait, let me take a deep breath and, <laughs> and I received my shot. Um, other than that, um, I guess I've, um, knowing that I needed it and wanted it, I wasn't too afraid of it. So. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Nick? Yeah, so my answer is going to be quite different here. Um, I wanted to be one of the first to possibly get it. Uh, in fact, I would have enrolled in a clinical trial if I would have had the option to do it. I've had, a, the reason is I've had a lot of health challenges and problems. I think especially from my maternal side, from my grandmother and from my mother, a lot of unexplained issues and I have them as well. And I think some of the things that they struggled with may have been metabolic and also immune system related. And so over the course of you know becoming a father, I have wanted to learn as much as possible about you know the things in, that are happening and also treatments that can help and things that can protect me. And I wanna do that before, for my children. I want to know as much as possible so that they can have uh, as smooth a ride as, as, as possible as, as they become adults and encounter some of these issues. Uh, so for me, um, the main issue was um, I wanted to get it before my children did. I also um, wasn't as hesitant when I started seeing 100,000 people, other, others get the vaccine, and then a million, and then 10 million, and then 100 million, and now billion plus. We have so much um, accumulated knowledge with that many vaccinated that uh, it gives me great assurance. Thank you. Our third question um, addresses uh, the vaccination status of others. Uh, has someone's vaccination status changed the frequency or the way you interact with them? Mona? Yeah, I think that, um, well, of course, we don't have like a badge that says, hey, I'm vaccinated or not, but um, being in a small community kind of hear different things and see different things. And I've been uh, heavily involved in our COVID uh, vaccine clinics in town. But of course, when you go outside the reservation, you have to assume that um, not very many people are vaccinated according to you know what we're seeing statistically. So I think that um, still kind of um, apprehensive. Um, I know that looking at the statistics and knowing that you know the hospitalization rate is uh, way decreased for those that are vaccinated, I think is is very important. But I think I still continue to limit my interactions with people, um, not knowing their vaccination status, um, and try to just continue to uh, watch our distance, you know, constantly washing our hands or using hand sanitizer. But um, so I think still today, I'm still um, just hoping that the rest of the United States is going to catch up to where we are um, with our vaccination rate, because, you know, that I think would be very helpful in um, reducing that spread, especially with the Delta variant. And so I think, um, my anxiety level is much less when I do go outside and, and visit with people, but, you know, just still trying to be mindful that, um, you know, not everyone is vaccinated around us. And so just trying to continue with some precautions, um, but at least, you know, people, more movement is occurring and, um, but just continue to uh, watch that as we proceed. Thank you. Jackie? Oh, yes. So. <clears throat> Yes, yeah, the vaccination status um, in our in our family that um, most of them are most of us are vaccinated, so uh, we do have kind of that um, relief of of uh, someone coming in and getting us sick, um, and the way that interaction with the ones that do come visit that I didn't I don't know if they're um, vaccinated or not, I always just kind of point towards the hand sanitizer. <laughs> and uh, and then at work, 
at work it's a relief here because I know that everybody's vaccinated here um, so it does it does uh, affect your way that you um, are able to go about um, in work and, and out in the public and um, talking to people about being vaccinated and giving them the information so that's that's how um, we've been handling it. Thank you. Megan? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, vaccination status in my head have affected my interactions with almost everyone over the last year. Um, as I was mentioning before, where we have, you know, kids that can't go to school, and I pretty much stayed home um, for most of this time to, to try to protect myself and my family. In initially, I think the biggest way um, it changed is how I interacted with people is because I was vaccinated, but my son wasn't. Um, he just turned 13. He was 12 when the vaccine for children was approved, but he couldn't get vaccinated. So even though I was, we didn't change anything because he wasn't vaccinated and was still extraordinarily um, careful. So in terms of just interacting with the world, which means lots of different people. Um, it definitely limited our ability to be with people because we really wanted to be um, safe and protect ourselves and others. Uh, my, as more people have gotten vaccinated, it's really allowed me to spend more time with them. Um, after my mom was vaccinated, we were able to go see her, which we hadn't been able to do in a long time because we felt safe doing that. We still, you know, kind of only saw each other. We didn't go have big parties or go out to eat or anything, but we had, you know, we were able to spend time with her and other family members. So, and, and feel safe doing so. And now that my son is vaccinated and I'm vaccinated and a lot of my family members are, I think that's what's really nice is we can get together um, in, in small groups and feel safe that in particular, I'm not going to make them sick. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm not that worried about me getting sick personally. It's definitely younger, healthy people can get sick. Um, and so it is kind of in the back of my mind, but I don't, I'm pretty healthy. I don't have any medical problems. Um, I'm, I'm 42, so I'm not too old, <laughs> middle-aged, uh, and my son is healthy. I think if we were to get COVID, we would probably be fine. But again, I don't want to get other people sick and I don't really want to take that risk with my life or with other people's lives. So vaccinations for me has helped me feel more comfortable interacting with others. Um, so to know that I'm less likely to get them sick um, and that if they're vaccinated, that they're protected on, on the off chance that you know we bring COVID to them and, and don't know it so that they might not get sick or if they do, they, they probably won't get nearly as sick as they would if they weren't vaccinated. Thank you. Nick? Yeah, so um, definitely my vaccination status, getting vaccinated and that of my family and others in our community and world has definitely changed the way that I interact. And uh, in the spring when CDC, uh, looking at the data, made a data-informed decision and said, you know, with the circulating virus COVID that at that time was occurring, people who are fully vaccinated didn't have to wear masks and things like that. Uh, we took full advantage of that, did a little traveling and visited with others who are vaccinated. And um, the unfortunate reality is now the Delta variant is here and it has changed the dynamics of it now. And we need to use data to inform this and we need to use you know facts on the ground to inform this and that it's it's so highly transmissible now unfortunately it can be acquired by fully vaccinated persons usually mild illness uh, but they can also transmit for a while so i've been in places uh now it's changing my whole uh viewpoint on this as well where i've been in places now where you know mostly i detect probably unvaccinated people have been and they're coughing so i will leave that area um, I won't go into that business and I'll look for businesses and places where um, there's greater levels of protection where they're taking this Delta variant seriously. Thank you. And I have one final question for our four panelists before we move on to the individual questions. And that question is, outside of ending the pandemic, what other reasons do you wish people would get the vaccine? 
Mona? Um, besides ending the pandemic, which I think is what everybody um, really wants, is, you know, a continuation, I guess, to not have that fear around um, continuing our celebrations or ceremonies. Um, our people are very social. Um, so I think that, you know, this pandemic has been very um, detrimental to that avenue. Um, and so just being able to reconnect and get back to those celebrations um, without worrying whether, you know, in 14 days, will any of our people be sick because, you know, we gathered. And um, I think just just that reconnection is so important. And, and so I, you know, I just hope that people continue to get vaccinated and, and find their way. Thank you. Jackie? Uh, yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I too um, wish people would would get vaccinated because of all our um, events, or especially during the summer, um, just to be safe and not not um, spread anything, and uh, just being that um, being able to to know that you're vaccinated and, and somewhat safe, that you can do things and reconnect with with uh, your friends and family and um, throughout the the summer. Um, and, and the rest of the time, but the summer is real busy. So I do um, wish people would, would get that vaccine so that um, that worry would be gone. You, you can do more um, without being um, worried that you take something back to your family. So thank you. Thank you. Megan? So for me, obviously, I want the pandemic to be over, just like everyone else has said. But what's really on my mind right now that I really wish people would get vaccinated for is for our kids. Um, it's fall. I have a 13-year-old. I have friends and family members who have young children. And I was in school for a million years. And so fall means back to school. Um, so we're back to school time. And I want my kid and, and my family and my friends' children to be in school this year. I really think that should be a priority for our communities. Um, I, I can handle not doing certain things um, in public for a while longer uh, so that our kids can be in school. Um, and I'm okay with making that sacrifice because I think our kids being in school and receiving direct instruction and being with their peers is one of the most important things that we can do for our community. And there are a whole bunch of kids out there that can't get vaccinated. So it's not their choice. Um, they're not able to yet. And even the kids that can get vaccinated, we need to protect them and their teachers by everybody getting vaccinated. Because the more people that are vaccinated, whether you're, you're in school or not, or a teacher or not, that means there's less COVID circulating in the community and kids and teachers are less likely to get sick and they're more likely to stay in school. And there's more likely to be football games and basketball games and prom and all of those things that a lot of kids missed last year. And we don't want any more kids to get sick. We don't want schools to be closed. Um, so right now, I really uh, want people to get vaccinated so our children can stay healthy and stay in school for this school year as much as possible. Thank you. Nick? Yes, uh, I want to wish other people, all people would get vaccinated because we have an expanding global population that's more socially connected than ever with travel between countries in such large numbers that uh, what happens in a country on the other side of the world can infect the smallest, most rural local community in a matter of weeks or months. And so we have to contribute to our global and local communities, we have to be responsible. And we're so divided. We're so uh, on polar ends of such things. I would wish that public health and you know modern medicine today would be something we could unite about. We have to. We have to. If we don't, we are in serious trouble because this COVID pandemic is just the beginnings of what um, more is to come. And we have to be able to be more responsible for um, the health of not just our individual 
you know, self-minded person, but for all people. Thanks. Thank you again, panelists, for those um, perspectives and for bringing those all to share with us today. Uh, the next series of questions we've um, organized based on your expertise and your experience. So we'll shake things up a bit and I think start with a question for you, Jackie. Um, and again, this is just one question per panelist. So for you, Jackie, the question is uh, contradictions between Western medicine and traditional values and medicine often arise. So how does the COVID-19 vaccine align with traditional values? Um, and if you can just explain a bit whether it does or does not. Yes, I do think that um, our traditional uh, ways and um, are aligned with uh, um, protecting ourselves from the COVID vaccine, using our, um, our values of, of uh, prayer is our number one. Um, to um to take care of ourselves for for the life of our people so that the people could live and that respect respecting the um the the vaccine and uh, respecting ourselves um and to take care of ourselves and being respectful to our families um to take care of them also to to uh, prevent them from uh, getting the COVID, so respecting um, all all um, aspects of life, and then we have our our values of that compassion, of that kindness, and taking care of our people whenever they're they're sick and have this COVID. Um, being uh, kind and compassionate when um, with your teachings and your sharing, taking care of people with their bringing them. Um, food and medicine when they're sick, um, taking care of the ones that are well, the children, keeping them well. Um, so we're using those different different uh, values of our traditions to, with this COVID, uh, even to um, um, being uh, generous, you know, being generous with yourself, your energy of teaching and helping. Um, and uh, sharing the things that you have learned, you know, that our elders, uh, our elders have uh, that uh, wisdom of life experiences, and um, so they share they share their um, their wisdom with being protecting yourself, protecting your by test, um, protecting wherever you go at work, how you present yourself. And uh, I guess we never really think about it that way because it's so in instilled with us that we learned from from doing, you know, and watching. And so you don't say, "Today I'm going to practice respect" or whatever. You know, you just you just do it because it's instilled in you. You don't know that you know a lot of these things, but you do it. Um, and and so that you're using them to to prevent COVID. Um, so when we look at it and how, what we're gonna do about it, uh, with using our values, our own teachings, um, we're gonna, you know, to adjust our perspective of it, um, to, to do what we need to do, like wash our hands and keep distances um, and to, manage our impulses that we want to go places we want to um, interact with and go to the different events and uh, we have to um, work on it being practice patience and um, believe that we can make these changes with our with our, what the part that we um, share how we take care of ourselves and our families and the community, but those parts, we, we believe that this could make a difference with this vaccine um, and taking care of ourselves and, and um, everybody using their own um, customs and cultural ways is very similar, you know, and so using these ways to make this difference. Um, so it does it does work together. You can use this to 
to um, help with this pandemic. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, the next question is for Megan. A report was released by the CDC that said the Delta variant of COVID-19 is as contagious as chickenpox, and many people had chickenpox growing up and that natural immunity protected them. If people have natural immunity from having COVID-19, why would they get the vaccine? Isn't natural immunity better? Such a good question, Kelly. I think this is, I'm gonna to try to break this down into two parts and not talk too much and try to keep it simple. So here goes. I think the, the two parts I see to this are um, how you get and what you have to go through to get that immunity and then how well it works after you get it. So let's look at the first part is what do you have to go through? Um, and this was not a plan, so I didn't, I didn't make this question. Um, I don't think they know this, but I actually had a unique experience with chickenpox. I'm gonna use that as an example. I'm old enough that there were not chickenpox vaccinations when I was a child, um, but I didn't catch chickenpox. I never had it when I was a little kid. So when I went to college, by then there was a chickenpox vaccine and I had to get it. Um, great, fine, I got my chickenpox vaccine. A few years later, when I was 22 or 20, 22, I think, 22, 23, I caught the chickenpox, um, even though I'd been vaccinated, which is a thing that happens. Just like there's breakthrough cases with COVID, there could be breakthrough cases with other vaccinations. But when I caught the chickenpox, so this would be like going through the natural process, I only had like three chickenpox. I think I had a couple in my hair and like one on my stomach. That's it. I hardly had any, any little chickenpox. Um, and I was really sick for about two weeks, but I was just tired. I kind of slept for two weeks, had these three little bumps, and that was it. Um, if I would have caught the chickenpox and not been vaccinated and been 22 years old, I could have had chickenpox all over my body. I could have scars. I could have been hospitalized. I most likely would have been much, much more ill than I was if I got vaccinated. Um, and so, the vaccine helped me get through that process, even if it wasn't perfect, um, but I wasn't as sick as I would have been if, if I had um, gotten chickenpox kind of the usual way. So I just tell that story to say um, that the vaccines can help in lots of ways um, in terms of protecting you, but going through chickenpox at 22 to achieve my immunity without ever having a vaccine would have been a terrible experience. It, it, I could have been hospitalized again, would have been miserable. I probably would have had chickenpox all over. Um, it's much worse when you get it as an adult, but it was relatively easy. Um, and I would definitely do that again. So similarly with COVID, to achieve your immunity, right? You have to get COVID um, versus getting a shot. And getting COVID, you, you may have a mild case, you may not, you could be in the hospital or you could even die. Many, many people have, hundreds of thousands of people have died. And so versus getting a shot where almost no one has died from getting a COVID shot. Um, so the shots are extraordinarily safe. Um, and we know that after you get a shot, 95% of people with the mRNA vaccines are immune to COVID. Um, and, and it protects them. And we're seeing that in the hospitalizations and death rates currently, where most of the people who are getting really, really sick and needing to be hospitalized, especially in the ICU or dying of COVID are unvaccinated. Um, so that's what you're risking to get your immunity. You could be one of those people that don't make it through that phase. You don't make it through the illness. You die um, by trying to achieve your natural immunity. Uh, and again, with shots, that's just not the case. You can get your vaccine and they're very, very safe. The second piece is how well do they work? With lots of things like, like COVID, um, we don't know. So um, exactly, we're learning as we go, but the evidence is coming in that quote unquote natural immunity um, or is, is not as effective as that caused by shots. And let's be clear, if you, get, if you get COVID or you get a vaccine, your body is doing the work to get your immunity. There's no difference. So there's nothing, there's nothing more natural about your immune response if you get the vaccine or if you get COVID. Your vaccine, is, your body is doing the same work. So, so you're getting the same antibodies either way. But because the shots are targeted in a particular way to make 
sure that our bodies can identify COVID doing, going forward, um, it, it works better at protecting us than if we were just to get sick. So to summarize kind of those two points, the first is um, achieving immunity through getting a disease is risky. You have to get sick. Um, could be mild, you could die. Um, you could be in the ICU. And that is highly risky. And that's what we're seeing right now with so many people being hospitalized and dying from COVID. And then even if you survive that and make it through, there, the evidence is mounting that the immunity you get from vaccines is better. So that even if you got really sick and you made it through the COVID infection, you might not be immune in a few months and get it again. And people have died of these second infections that they've had from COVID. Um, and so that's why it's really important to get, um, get your shot. If you do do it, you could be like me, maybe you'll still get COVID, but it's gonna be a much milder case, kind of like me in the chicken box. Um, and you'll just sail through like we're seeing now with lots of people, but it's way better than having to go through it without being vaccinated and then hoping that your immunity works in the future. Thank you. Our third question will be for Mona. And Mona, I think you've touched on this a bit as you were mentioning um, the connectivity of the community in one of your earlier answers. But the question is, one of the toughest parts of coping with the pandemic has been the lack of community gatherings. And we know some communities and businesses are starting to require vaccinations to attend gathering or events. Has your community implemented anything like this? Uh, why or why not? And how do you personally feel about that decision? So our homecoming celebration, so the Winnebago's Powell was for fully vaccinated only. Um, and that was a decision made um, by the veterans. And I think it was pretty, I, the decision was made of course to, because our children could not be vaccinated um, for zero to 11, because uh, we do provide Pfizer here in Winnebago. Um, and so you didn't know how it would be received, how it would go over. And so I think there's always, um, you know, some people that are not going to be liking what you're doing. Um, but for the most part, I think it was very well received. Um, we had reinstituted our indoor mask mandate um, just that, that same week, um, regardless of your vaccination status. So I think there were just different, the data was changing, especially with the Delta variant coming out. Um, and so I think the require, the requirement of vaccination allowed for, even, and in our celebration was outside as well, but um, I think just knowing that everybody was vaccinated there gave you a little bit sense of um, a little bit more calmness and, you know, because people are dancing and talking and singing and you know, and enjoying themselves and being able to, you know, reconnect with people that they haven't seen. And so I think it was uh, very well received. And, you know, I was there pretty much all weekend as well um, in my other capacity or a different hat um, as on the EMS crew. And I, and you could just see, you know, people coming in and out and, and it was open to the public, but they still had to be vaccinated and, and the different bracelets and whatnot. So the only people that of course were allowed to be there that weren't vaccinated was the zero to 11 population. And so um, just knowing, you know, looking at using our data to really make sure that we're making those decisions based on that information, I think was important. And these are hard decisions, you know, to exclude people um, from, you know, our community gatherings and celebrations. So, um, but in that instance, you know, that was, was needed um, and you know we still continued on with those ceremonies as as was needed as well and so I think it's just making finding that balance um, I mean we're pretty lucky here in Winnebago that we have a 73 percent uh, vaccination rate with you know at least somebody um, people having at least one vaccination um, of our 12 and older so that also gives us you know some sense of um, Piece, I guess that you know most of our our people are vaccinated within the community. Of course, we don't just stay here, you know. But you know, at least you know we have that. And so we're also looking at um, mandating um, 
vaccines for our healthcare um, system and and starting that because of course you know we see you know others of course doing that around our area but also that you know we're in the public trust and so that's also you know important because we are trying to get others vaccinated so um, setting that good precedent and that message and you know also reminding people that you know vaccines um, aren't new you know as Megan had discussed and of course Nick will is that you know that vaccines have been been here for for many years and many and have been able to help us you know but they always have to start somewhere you know they have to start new somewhere um and you know we don't have to worry about polio and and i remember the elders you know talking about standing and being in lines and having their polio shot and you know we've also seen the reduction in chicken pox and megan had her story um, about that and, you know, being thankful to our vaccines and, you know, our children are able to grow older, you know, because of vaccines. And I think seeing this variant hitting our children, um, you know, we have a chance to step up as, you know, adults of our communities and, and get our vaccine so that we can help protect our children. And I think that, you know, these are hard discussions and, and hard topics because people like to make decisions for themselves, but we need to remember, you know, who we are and, you know, that we um, are here to protect, you know, protect our people and protect our, our generations to come. And, and this is why we're here is to do that. And so, you know, having those tough discuss discussions are important. Thank you. And I have one final question here for Nick. Uh, it feels like we hear about a new variant almost every week or month. What does the future of this pandemic look like for the Great Plains area, and how can we best prepare for the future? Uh, thank you, Kelly, for that. It's a very important question. I think many people are wondering. What we're seeing is every three to four months, we're starting to see new variant formation and establishment of those. Uh, about every six months, we see one that has global dominance capability, so it transmits globally and right down to every community. Uh, what's going to happen is, um, well, looking at influenza as an example, when we've seen pandemics in the past, like H1N1, swine flu, Spanish flu, typically, you know, it causes few waves and uh, spreads globally, but then sort of fades into, um, you know, more or less a less infectious state. Why does it, or less um, capable of causing severe illness state? Why does it do that? Because it mutates so quickly. And it really, if you think about the viruses and what they want, they want to be very infectious and not cause a lot of severe illness. They don't wanna kill or harm the victim. They want that victim socially engaged to maximally spread it. The problem with uh, our COVID situation is that it doesn't mutate as fast as influenza. So it doesn't lose that virility or that um, ability to cause severe disease as quickly. Eventually it will, eventually it will become a regular coronavirus-like strain, we think. The science would support that. But we're not there yet, and we have a little ways to go. How long, I'm not really sure. Um, but I will say in the meantime, we need to fight back. We need to fight this virus because of its effect and ability to cause great harm, hardship, suffering and death and the way in which we do that is get vaccinated a major wave is coming covid delta uh, this wave is coming quickly we will be it will be on it is in our communities now um, but it takes a little while to sort of that critical number of people to get infected for it to explode in terms of its transmission now is the time to get vaccinated don't wait because if you want to have this protection that we've been discussing you will need to have and start those vaccinations now. It takes a while for immune system to fully recognize and understand what it's gonna be uh, hit with soon. And if you wait until you hear lots of transmission and think, okay, maybe I should get my vaccine now, my goodness, people are dying, it's probably too late. You're probably going to be exposed. You have to get vaccinated well before that time and now is the time. That's what I would say for protecting your um, Great Plains, the Great Plains area and your tribal communities. And I wish you the best and that you'll do that very 
uh, well to protect them and the people that you love. Non-pharmaceutical interventions are also important so that social distancing now that we're seeing Delta occur, um, making sure that your mask wearing, that it's appropriately fitting, increased circulation indoors, um, and all of the things we talk about with PPE and personal protection are important again. Thanks. Thank you, Nick. Uh, thank you again to all the panelists for, um, again, using your experience and expertise uh, to address those kind of specific questions as well. And with these last few minutes here, I, I know we had a few questions from viewers. So if I can take a minute to ask one of those and maybe whoever just feels that you wanna speak on this, go ahead and we'll let you answer that. Um, one question here. Can you give us more info on the booster that everyone is talking about and why would somebody need the booster if they are already vaccinated? Yes, Megan, if you're happy to answer that. Thank I'll you. That one. Um, so the answer is we don't know. Um, I feel like I say that a lot in COVID, but it's true. We're learning a lot. That doesn't mean um, that we don't know anything, but we don't know everything yet. So some vaccines you need a booster, a lot of them you need a booster. Um, some, some you don't, uh, some you get every single year, like a flu shot. We, we kind of just don't know in the spectrum yet where COVID um, will fall. And there's a variety of reasons for that. For example, you know, we need a flu shot every year because the flu shot's really good at mutating. So it changes a little bit. Um, and we try to keep our vaccines up with how it's changing. So, we don't know yet who will need a booster. They're particularly looking at people right now who are very high risk at if a third shot would benefit them. Um, I, I don't know if booster's the right term for that. It just might be there. They need another exposure um, through the vaccine to get a full immune response. And these are people who are severely immunocompromised, meaning their immune systems do not work normally. So people who maybe have had um, a liver transplant or a heart transplant or are in chemo, they have um, immune systems that are either because of their disease or because of medicines they're on are not functioning properly and maybe didn't get a full response to the first two shots like those of us that have pretty normal immune systems um, did. So there is some talk um, that maybe we all will need a um, third COVID vaccine or maybe we'll need one every year or two or five years. Again, we're not sure. So those would be the booster doses. We're looking into it. Um, COVID, again, has not even been around for two years. So we can't really even say if, if we'll be immune from the vaccine or we'll be immune because of the vaccines in four years. So we're learning as, it, as we go. And it may be that it enters into a rotation of our usual shots like tetanus and pertussis and flu that we have to go get every once in a while, or it may be we don't, we get a third one and maybe we don't ever need another one, but we're learning. So that's what they're looking at when they're talking about the booster shots. Thank you for answering that one, Megan. Um, I think we're about out of time, unfortunately. I know there's always so many questions on this subject. And again, we just appreciate you all being here to communicate those and have this conversation. Uh, with that, I'll pass it back to um, Brenna and let her wrap us up here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Kelly. Wonderful facilitation. Um, and thank you to all of our panelists for sharing their expertise and experience with us. It's so valuable to hear about um, how you are feeling about a lot of this stuff, because I think we often get a lot of your, uh, your technical expertise, and I'm glad that came through today, but it's good to know that even um, some of our health professionals had some worries and how you guys dealt with that. So that was awesome to hear. I did want to mention that the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board in partnership with um, Oyate Health Center and the Ateyapi Mentoring Program is hosting a vaccination party um, at the Horace Mann Pool um, on August 12th from 5.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. We'll have uh, free COVID-19 vaccinations and um, that'll be for students uh, for students aged 12 to 17. Um, 
you'll get a $30 gift card for getting your vaccination. So um, we'll be posting more information on that um, on our Facebook page, um, but and all families um, swim free. So um, we hope that you can join us for that event. And um, thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us on this panel and uh, have a great day. Thank you, everybody. COVID-19 vaccines are currently available across the Great Plains area. Millions of people around the world, including thousands of native health workers and elders, have been vaccinated safely. Vaccines are the safest way to protect our relatives during this ongoing pandemic. The more people get the vaccine, the more lives we can save in our communities. Call your health care provider at Tribal Health Department to learn more about when and where you can receive your vaccine. This message was brought to you by the Great Plains Tribal Leaders Health Board, so that the people may live.